You're watching the Tesla Life Live Q1 Earnings Edition with your host, Mark Cogman. Oh, I got no sound. I can't hear Mark. Okay. And I don't. Oh, there we go. Hi. You back? Uh, okay. I'm back. There you go. All right. The timer was uh, different for all of us today. Don't ask me how That's that works. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Central server. Welcome, everyone, to the Tesla Live number 303, which earlier in the day I thought was 302, but Casey got caught that one. So thank you, Casey. But uh, welcome to the show. 303. Yeah, number 303. <laughs> and uh, we've got some earning call goodness to spread with you tonight because, of course, that just happened. But first, introductions. Mr. Patrick Connor joins us from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? Hello, I'm good. If my uh, throat's a little growly, I went to a concert last night, lots of screaming and yelling. It was uh, good times, good times. Excellent, excellent. Also joining us, as per usual, Mr. Casey Green from an undisclosed location on the East Coast. How are you today, sir? Doing all right. I'm here in my house. We made it. Um, yes. <laughs> I almost also didn't catch the 303, but the computer's like, hey, the file already exists. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I looked at it and then did everything right. And then when, when I'm you know, down in the corner right here where it says 303, I almost left it as 302. <laughs> But uh, it's been it's been yeah, an I'll adventurous just weekend. Change it. We, I'll uh, just change it like this. Yeah, just flick it. <laughs> uh, we uh, we were doing our thing, running uh, large U-Haul trailers back and forth, and uh, had a little adventure. We were supposed to be back um, Sunday night. That's why we did the the Sunday show from the car, and it didn't it didn't quite work out that way uh, so we were running in about 30 minutes before uh, it was time for me to um, get ready to do my morning reports for work and then uh, well let me just show you what happened oh Ooh. no yeah that's not good right and so i, I had checked these tires before uh, both trips uh, though the one that we were on with the video and the one coming back and the tires were all uh, above the wear bars, hmm. but um, you're supposed to keep the air on the inside, way. Casey. Why, why are you doing that? <laughs> no, I checked the inside. So this is the tire that, that that still has air in it, and you can see that little gouge right there. I think oh, that's, yeah, yeah. It uh, that and, and those are threads poking out. Uh, oh, they yeah. uh, they didn't look like that before we left. Otherwise, I wouldn't have left. Definitely not with the trailer. Um, oh yeah. That's wow! So it uh, it actually split a little bit. Yeah. So then then here's the uh, the the culprit. Uh, I got uh, TPMS works like a champ. So I I got the little TPMS. I kind of like oh that can't be good, and <laughs> then it started flashing. And as I'm trying to use the uh, the the right scroll wheel to bring up because on the Model X Legacy you get um uh just like on the on the Model Three and Y you've got a card but you know you have to do it with the scroll wheel. So I was getting it ready and before I could get there it. it Move there on its own, and the tires flashing in red. Uh, it says pull over safely or uh, pull over soon. And then a couple hundred yards go by and pull over soon. <laughs> uh, another couple feet go by and it says pull over now. Right. And then we saw a, a truck station, and 
So we had already found an exit. We were pulling up on the exits. And so we, we pulled up on that. And uh, I was going to do the shoulder until I saw the gas station. And uh, so then I said, all right, let's 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 pull into there and try to get out of the way. And it turns out uh, we were not out of the way. There were a whole bunch of semis that needed to go around us uh, to do their thing. And uh, after about two hours, the truck showed up. And uh, he, he managed to... to Get us on the flatbed and get the the U-Haul trailer it was actually harder for him than the uh, than the Model oh, yeah. X, which I did not expect. And uh, he put the the U-Haul on his tow ball, and uh, then uh, when we got back, so I got to zoom out again. To, it was a weird interface. You got to zoom out to change pictures. Um, he helped me put on my uh, spare that's never been used before. Probably should have been in the car and was not. <laughs> you actually oh. carry a spare somewhere. Uh, sometimes I do. Uh, we ordered this before all of our adventures, like to South Dakota and and Massachusetts, mm. and and then it took eight months to arrive. Uh, so obviously, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that particular Tesla accessory uh, dealer. And, uh, and and there it is, first time in use. And uh, I like that. Look at that. I want those all around. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Four of them. Yeah. So you get you a little reminder. So it's it's it's. I like it better than the than the Toyota Puke Yellow. Uh, but it gives you, you know, you said, you know, your maximum is 80 kilometers or 50 miles an hour. And then on the side, it tells you to fill it to 60. Mm. Uh, so then here's the aftermath of the old tire. So not only did it get this new gouge, uh, the cords and threads were popping out there. So oh, just, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that just, uh, that is no good. None. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of the, this part was at this height, like above the wear bar. Before yeah. we started the trip, yeah. which is still, I understand that's, that's under the quarter, under the penny, no matter how you look at it, it's time to go, but it wasn't done. And, and it's even worse. You shouldn't like, have taken Sandpaper Road on your trip. I'd... I didn't have a choice not to take Sandpaper Road. We were in, we're in the Carolinas, and, 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 and the ability to maintain a road is, is not high on their list of uh, Not high on their list of priorities. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then on top of that, uh, the trailer, the, it was the largest U-Haul trailer, so it's got dual axles, uh-huh. and, and, and both sets were like way out of alignment and so uh mm. the tow truck driver thinks that um because look how much more meat is on the outside of the tow. yeah, yeah. so he thinks that combined tesla's aggressive turning profile for their high toe with the sandpaper roads with the bad alignment and my constant correction and that was just uh just did in the, the plus the the heavy tongue load from the full trailer uh right. just did you were in. doomed i was doomed thankfully yep. it was tpms and not a, a catastrophic blowout and right yeah. Wow. Quite an ordeal on Sunday, for sure. Yeah. Well, that was actually Monday. <laughs> oh, that was Monday. It's even worse. <laughs> 30 minutes from home. <laughs> yeah, at least you weren't in the middle of nowhere. You were 30 minutes That's from That's because it could have been. Because yeah. all, the, all the places that did that were in the middle of nowhere. Right. Well, uh, as, as a famous person has said before, it can always be worse. Yeah, and, and so ten minutes before the show started, my my new tire showed up. The uh, I went with the Michelin Cross Climate Twos that I've been talking about for how long now? Two years. Um, I started with the Cross Climates, and then the Cross Climates Two came out, and they weren't available on X because it's too heavy. So we were going to get a Cross Climate SUV, which is now discontinued because the Cross Climate Two comes in our size. Ah, yeah. so now I'll you know after they get on. Very good, very good. Well, let's start the show with yeah, some that. some Q1 uh, information on the earnings call, which just completed just a few minutes ago. And Patrick's yeah. going to start us off and uh, get us into this. Oh, right. Uh, I love listening to the earnings calls. 
So uh, full disclaimer, I am a Tesla shareholder, fanboy, obviously being here every week. But let's get going. Record production and sales again. Their second highest quarter in revenue. And uh, why wasn't it their highest in revenue? Because they made a major decision to sell more cars at a smaller margin while still remaining profitable. This meets Tesla's goal to have more EVs on the road. It also lays the groundwork for future revenue with autonomy sales. And they have other items in place, which we'll talk about later, to reduce their cost to build vehicles. So if you look at the trading after hours, the stock is down based on headlines like Tesla slashes prices and margins suffer falling below the floor. And in my opinion, this is the reason that retail investors understand the stock better than analysts do. Right. Um, like like this the, is the, the, the margins would matter if they went to unprofitable, but they're just smaller. Right. And, and they are trying to get more EVs on the road. And, and there's some actually some good discussions uh, that they had with the analysts about how Tesla looks at the market and it's not the way the analysts do and that the analysts should at least consider Tesla's view. Anyway, we'll get into that one. Um, so uh, I have high hopes as a shareholder that this is going to be a, a great time. Uh, so Model Y was the best-selling non-pickup vehicle in the U.S. in Q1. Uh, so not just the best-selling EV. This is outselling Camrys, Accords, Prius, whatever gas car you can, whatever car you can think of in the U.S. It's outselling that. Um, their storage products, energy storage, is growing both in volume and profitability. Margins are improving and might, I say might, uh, hit 20% later this year, which is their target. So then they went to questions. So uh, what's the process that Tesla uses for making price adjustments? And, and uh, they uh, talked about this some. They get daily reports on how many cars were built and how many were ordered every day. They review this along with um, macro, uh, costs of goods, um, all the stuff that they have to buy from uh, suppliers. And then every week they make a decision on what to do uh, with what uh, vehicles production is going to do, what the costs are going to be. And then they get fast feedback. So if they make a decision and it wasn't the best decision and they get data the very next day or the very next week that shows them that, they'll make adjustments. And uh, th then they were like, well, what, what factors do you consider or wh which ones matter most? And they were like, we're not going to tell you that. <laughs> uh, and th that was Zach. And then uh, Elon stepped in and said, we just try to make the least dumb decision that we can. And occasionally we're going to make dumb decisions. But if you have fast feed feedback, you can correct it and become less dumb. And that's our, our entire goal which I think is just a funny way to look at it. The next question was about 4680s. So um, progress is being made on all fronts, yield, cost, quality. The Austin cell factory is progressing. They expect to have 70% lower production costs compared to their previous methods that, uh, as they described in battery day. So they're making good progress on uh, what they promised at battery day. When the 4680 is in volume production, this is going to reduce their material costs for all the vehicles that use it. And of course, as their uh, volumes increase, more vehicles will move to it. Uh, there was a question about commodity pricing and how it impacts them. And they said, finally, they're seeing commodity prices coming down. Specific, specifically, lithium is way down. But others, some of them are still high and others are volatile. They use long-term contracts wherever possible to stabilize pricing, as well as 
they are putting in their own refining plants for lithium, yeah. for anodes, for cathode materials, and and all because they have to, not because they want to. They were they, they're like, please, somebody else do this. <laughs> we would we have plenty of other fish to fry, but this is what's needed to make it happen. And they're talking about the the refining plants that they're going to be building for their own use could end up being some of the largest in the world. That's and and they great. added to sweeten the pot. They said, uh, they said, of course, it's fun. So that's how they yeah. were getting other people into it. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's a party, man. Come yeah. On, everybody. <laughs> and of course, of course, Elon mentioned again that it, it's not the, it's not the mining of lithium. That's right. the issue. It's the for refining and getting it yeah. to the point that uh, it can be used in EVs. That's the big thing. Right. Uh, also talking about margin, Austin and Berlin are ramping up on volume. We've talked about that every week here when they make their milestones, 4,000, 5,000 a week. And uh, when you're ramping up is when the cost per vehicle is the highest. Yeah. Once production gets higher, you can now amortize that over more vehicles and that's going to reduce the cost. So uh, that's one of the reasons they're able to reduce costs now. They think that uh, they can hold those prices steady and improve their margin as they reduce their costs. So this pushes them to, to do that. Um, so one of the questions was, how have these price changes impacted demand? And uh, the, the answer was short. It was orders exceed production. That's all we're going to say, <laughs> which is what you need. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, it's getting exactly what they want. Um, more orders coming in and more vehicles going out. So um, there was a question about how low will you go with margin? And um, oh, oh, this was a good one. Let's let's skip to this one. Uh, will you it was reduce like related to what you were talking about? Oh yeah, definitely. That's a good good one to show. Uh, here was there was a question about will you reduce the cost of full self driving like you have reduced the cost of the cars? Um, Elon had a long answer to this. I'll, I'll summarize, and it was uh, FSD when it's working is going to be very valuable. And uh, we've been getting new versions of FSD and sure there are some regressions, but progress is being made. And he ended the answer by saying, I hate to say it again, but I think we're going to do it this year. This, this year. Be the year. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we've heard this promise many times over many years, uh, but uh, I've been driving it and I am seeing progress. It is getting better. Um, yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's nice to uh, see that progress. And uh, so he didn't say yes or no, we're going to change the price. He just said it's, it's very valuable, which to me sounds like they're not yes. going to decrease it at all. Um, so one of the things that they talked about was Dojo as a service. This is a long shot, but if it pays off, it could pay off big on the scale of Amazon Web Services. So Amazon started off as a bookstore and uh, the data centers they built out were for their own purposes. And then they said, hey, we have surplus capacity, let's sell that. And now they are one of the, the largest cloud provider in the world. So um, that was a, a, an interesting, uh, discussion there. I was like, hey, hey we only need this on holidays. What do we do with it for the rest of the year? Well, let's rent it out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, we've all seen over the last, uh, especially this year, 
the growth in AI, at least interest from the public. And to, to make a really cool AI model, you have to do training. Training takes a lot of horsepower and Dojo has a lot of horsepower. So uh, uh, if you could make some really cool products, uh, have Dojo kind of training, too. you would not, deploy not, it however you want. Uh, next on the list was heat pumps. Someone asked if they were going to do a heat pump product and they said, it's on our list. We have the technology to do a really cool commercial and home heat pump products, but it is a back burner project. Mm. FSD is far more important and uh, the, back, the, the back burner projects are not going to get attention until that is done. The next Probably one on the a list wise was, choice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of Tesla's future value comes from their ability to deliver uh, full self-driving autonomous vehicles. Uh, market share. Does, uh, here, here's the discussion I hinted at earlier. Um, there was some discussion about how Tesla's losing EV market share. And they said, we don't look at EV market share. We're a car company. We look at the percentage of the car market that we own. And uh, the, 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 there was a really cool statement from Musk here. He said, we want to make the internal combustion engine go the way of the external combustion engine, like steam-powered cars. Yes. There are still a few steam-powered cars around. They're Ask interesting collector's items, <laughs> but they are not a factor in the market. And uh, that's what they anticipate will happen to internal combustion. All cars will be EV at some point. And uh, that was just, that was exactly what, the analysts needed to hear. Don't, of, of course, their share in EV markets going to shrink as more people are making EVs. And, uh, but if you're looking at their volumes and their overall, overall car market share, it's growing every quarter. So why would you look at it in this uh, ridiculous way? So uh, next on the list was 2 million units in 2023. We've all discussed how many units we think they're going to produce this year. And um, Musk said, we, need, we would need a crystal ball to give you the exact right answer. There's so many macro factors. Uh, if things go well, yes, they'll make 2 million. But 1.8 million is the guidance they've given the street. And that's what they're sticking to because they don't know what's going to happen over the rest of this year. Uh, next on the list was opening up their charging network. Their first V4s with Magic Dock have been de deployed in Q1. And uh, the goal is to balance the needs of Tesla customers and non-Tesla customers for charging. In Europe, they've been able to open about half their stalls to non-Tesla customers, and they have done this without increasing the wait times. So once again, real-time data for the win. They can make these decisions, they can see how it impacts their customers, and then deploy new stations to make sure that it's not becoming a, a bad, bad uh, user experience for their customers. Yeah, on the quest trip, the only yeah. the only times I had to wait was when somebody parked in the trailer spot. Right. Yes. Uh, when, and and thus as they have trucks come out, there's going to be a lot more Tesla vehicles hauling stuff. So yeah, uh, and, and if they're opening it to to non Teslas, there are non Tesla trucks that are <clears> out there, which are more likely not that trucks are the only thing that can haul, but or tow, but they're more likely to be towing than non non trucks, I think. So yeah, they definitely have to consider that with their charging, their supercharger network. So the next question was, how low is Tesla willing to push the margin? And uh, Elon said, there's macro issues to consider. Uh, as interest rates are lowered, demand will increase, and they will make those calls 
on the fly every week in their pricing meetings, and they, they're not going to say what the limit would be. Uh, later in the call, he even talked about how they could sell their vehicles at zero margin and still make a net profit on them if you look at all the services that could be sold to that vehicle in the future. So they're, uh, they're deploying uh, a platform for their future stuff. Um, Zach said, we have a lot of space and we will keep the business healthy. So that was uh, a comment to me saying they're never going to go into negative margin uh, if they can uh, intentionally. Uh, Near-term volatile market factors, but they are set up in a very good position when the economy improves. And then Elon talked about how affordability matters. If you can't get a good loan rate or can't get a loan at all, then uh, you're not going to be buying a car, right? So they have to help make the market accessible. And that's exactly what they're doing with these price reductions. Every time you lower the price, uh, some, some amount, you're, in, you're opening that up to more possible buyers. And, and it's, it's not, um, it, it's a, a cone shape, right? So a small increase could be a, a larger market introduction. So next on the list was uh, X.com. How is X.com going to impact Tesla? And uh, uh, Musk said, I don't know, it might make it easier to buy a car, but we're not really going to discuss that right now. And that was the end of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Elon has grown, hasn't he? Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. He used to love remember, to go Remember on. when somebody used to ask him a question in the early days? He would just go off on a tangent. Well, that, yes. that Elon is gone. <laughs> right. He's finally figured out the game a little better. Yeah. The uh, next one was kind of interesting. Um, they talked about Ford's Model T and how the pricing on that forced many competitors to go bankrupt. And then they asked, is that what Tesla tried, is trying to do with these price reductions? And the answer was kind of interesting. It was like, no, we don't even really look at the competitors that much. We look at how we can make our products better and how we can get them into the hands of our customers. We want all EVs to succeed. And that's why we're opening up our charging network and open sourcing our patents. So it's not an attack on the EV market by any means. It's just trying to get more EVs out there. And I thought that was interesting. But also, as he said, you know, they're not looking at it in terms of EVs. They're looking at it in terms of vehicles and when right. you look at what model y does in relation to whole brands let alone um you know just from one factory they've got three more exactly yeah okay uh let's skip to the last one uh, incumbents make a lot of profits off of selling parts so the legacy automakers uh, can sell their vehicles at little to no margin. Why? Because they have a healthy parts market and parts are sold with a large markup. And so they sell those to all the dealers and, and service garages around. And so if you sell a car and don't make any money, well, five, six years from now when it needs new whatever, you're going to be making money on that car. So um, this fact has made it nearly impossible for any newcomer to come into the market. Because if you don't have a deployed fleet, you don't have that parts market. And so you're going to have to sell your car at a, at a profit, at a higher price. And so that is only possible if, you're, if you have something compelling, something that is going to make buyers want to pay a premium. And what is that today? That's electric vehicles. We see EVs are, are getting a premium on the market. 
that's the whole reason people are, are willing to do the Tesla stretch is because it's a better vehicle, cheaper to fuel, has a, a, a lot of great advantages. And then the other reason is, uh, according to Musk here, uh, autonomy. I don't know if people are buying a Tesla because of autonomy or not. Um, it's really cool. Uh, right now, it's, it's fun to have, but I don't know if it's going to be driving sales until it actually happens. But uh, that was uh, an interesting uh, view. Yeah, it'll happen in two weeks. <laughs> this year. Yeah. 13th year running. Yeah, I just never really thought about uh, how that model works with parts and how uh, that, that really made it an uphill climb for Tesla to even start getting, well, I mean, there was, they were lucky in that they were able to have a long period of time where they were not profitable and they could still get uh, loans and sell stock and raise capital. And uh, uh, yeah, without that, they would have had no chance. The, the, the market believed in them for a long time, which allowed them to move through years without making money. And now they're on the, the, the upswing of that. And it's, it's really great to see. Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting that um, some automakers are pushing that they don't make any money on the sale or very little of it. And mm -hmm. it's all based on parts after that. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a kind of a, a different model than you would typically think of at all. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of like the, uh, the shavers and the razor blades or the, yes. the blades and the razors where they right. uh, they're basically giving the razors away, but they make the money up on the selling of the blades. Right. We saw the same thing with the uh, inkjet printers for a while, where this, the printers yeah. were sold cheap and the ink cartridges were expensive. Yeah. Yep. Now they're both expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he was asked about the Cybertruck, uh, and of course uh, his comment just was. It's going to be the best product ever. I can hardly wait. Although he did say a launch in possibly the third quarter. Right. And then, yeah. and then a little bit later in the call, he said end of third quarter. Right. So, uh, he already moved it back within the yeah, same call. <laughs> he moved it back within within 20 minutes. So uh, that that's real-time information. Like he was saying with the cars. Um uh, he gets, he gets, he and the other executives get an email every day outlining the uh, numbers uh, that are going through Tesla. And he would say that he said that he'd be surprised if there's any other company out there that receives updates about the sales and orders quicker than Tesla does in its real time data. So mm -hmm. um, it sounds like, it, as Patrick had mentioned earlier, that, that they are willing to make a change at any point. Uh, if the if the data supports it, and that could be up, that could be down. Uh, it it doesn't matter to them. They're trying to keep that perfect pitch that uh, that production is going to be almost equal to uh, sales, uh, so that they can keep their costs in line and keep the customers that are ordering happy. Mm -hmm. And the fastest you can realistically do at the, the legacy makers is maybe to the hour but even then like if somebody goes in and then you, you market sold and then the financing doesn't go through you gotta undo it so daily is really the fastest you could be somewhat reliable and even then you come back the next day and, and something that closed at midnight is is gone the next day yeah well yeah they have to get this data legacy companies have to get it through their dealerships right, right. and so there's going to be some lag there 
for right. sure. They're, they're not concerned with doing minute by minute reporting. They're concerned with selling cars and service and parts. Mm -hmm. Actually, I would, I would say that the, um, the legacy groups are just interested in selling to the dealerships themselves, not even the end right, customer. Yeah. That's all, their customer. all they're doing mm -hmm. is fulfilling dealer orders uh, in mass. And then mm -hmm. uh, they adjust uh, based on uh, the dealership's response back and how many of those cars are sold during a given 30-day period. They'll throw in incentives to use the manufacturer financing, or yeah, uh, you know, the same way that you get uh, money on the hood as a customer. Yeah. They they have the same programs for the dealers. They're not, yeah. not always matching with what you see, but like, hey, uh, we've got too many pink F one fifties. How about you take them and we'll handle this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was an interesting call. Uh, it was uh, yeah. about an hour straight, um, right right to the minute. The last call took went a little bit over the hour. But uh, it was um, it was interesting to hear the analyst concerned circled all around where's the floor and the pricing, mm -hmm. what's the quantity that you're putting out, Hello, we and it. Well, you're and, uh, and uh, how are you determining the price? That's what I heard from the whole call. Was that uh, those those things uh, were top on the analyst's mind. And it mm -hmm. was presented about five different ways with those <laughs> questions. And, and about eight different, yes. at least eight different calls of, hey, we've already answered this question. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's interesting. It's interesting that, uh, and of course, that's, that's the big thing that you see in articles and such this week is, uh, you know, Europe dropped the price uh, for the, for the a number of Tesla units, some up to 10%. We just had a reduction last night uh, for uh, uh, Y and 3 in the U.S. And, of course, that kind of combines with losing half the credit uh, because the batteries are not made in the U.S. or North American free trade partners. So I can they see why them. they reduced the price. They just mm -hmm. got to the uh, customers and said, hey, don't worry, we're going to give you almost half that credit. Uh, up front and uh, just keep on with your ordering plans. So I can understand that uh, reduction. Had a lot of people belly aching up here in Canada saying, well, where's our thousand or $2,000 off a car? Well, we didn't have that credit that was open to us. So that's not going to swing the needle that much. So right. I understand why they, they didn't reduce the amount for Canadian customers is because we're, we're not getting that federal $7,500 credit or half of that credit. That doesn't exist here in Canada. We have a $5,000 federal credit, uh, which Tesla qualifies for. So that's, yeah. that's it. They don't, and that, that's not going away. And if you live in certain provinces, British Columbia and Quebec, you also have a provincial amount that can be tacked on to that 5,000 as well. So nice. that's why there was nothing in uh, Canada. I wonder if there's anything going on in Australia or if that was just a uh, exchange rate correction because they had just started selling Model Y there and they mm. just reduced the price just recently. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about Australia credits, but uh, there very well could be. Uh, just it's not publicized that well that I've seen. Or, or it's just the results of these pricing meetings. Yeah. So thank you, Patrick. That was a great summary of uh, what happened just a, a few minutes ago. Um, You're welcome. I think what we'll do now is uh, just look on some of the other uh, changes that happened this week. Casey, what uh, what looks good to you? The cyber front. Okay. Okay. So 
the Cyberfrunk, we were concerned with whether it would open like a uh, Model S and X or if it would open like an F-150. And, well, we are pleased to say that it opens like an F-150 Lightning. So let's uh, share, not the entire screen. That won't even fit. Uh, <laughs> let's share this this uh, tweet that Tesserati has, has shared with us here. You can see there's the, the, the hood part and then there's the, uh, the front fascia, uh, which includes the light bar and, uh, and what would be a grill on a, a lot of other vehicles. Uh, the headlights are actually below this uh, as we've seen them move into these little square uh, deals in between the uh, the opening there. And then we also get to see, oh no, all the other articles with this picture had a picture of the windshield wipers in action. This one. Mm. Yeah, so the, uh, uh, as some people are dubbing it now, the mega wiper was in action. And probably the reason it was sitting at this outdoor wind tunnel uh, was to uh, see how the uh, the wiper reacted uh, when there was a, uh, a stiff breeze pointed to the front of the vehicle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, well, but, but that, that, that frunk modification is a huge plus. I think that's one of the yeah. things that the Ford F-150 really batted out of the park it's a yeah. it's a it's a really good functional piece uh, for people that have a pickup since they're higher off the ground uh and uh having that l bracket at the front that the the front and the trunk lift at once and out of the way that's a huge plus and i'm glad to see that it looks like tesla is going to be moving that into production yeah well, i thought it, they were going to have a step stool pop out of the front Realistically, though, like when when it when it comes up to the to the to the breast of a of a tall man, um, how are any children or shorter people gonna 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 use this thing? Realistically, the other thing I hope we see uh, this will be the only truck without a power trunk if they if they stick to that no power trunk garbage. So hopefully uh, they don't make that mistake if they put a power trunk on it too. I agree. Yeah, and just make follow... it an option. Even just if you have a... to pay for it. Yeah, I don't mind paying for it, but. Yeah. Exactly. That would be nice because everybody else is a standard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just to answer to Derek's question in the chat, uh, no, it's not cheaper to buy a car in Canada. It's more expensive. So uh, probably about uh, 15 to 20% more. So uh, keep that in mind if you're thinking of crossing the border to buy a car. It's cheaper in the U.S. <laughs> the, the whole gray market thing, you're trying to bring it home. Oh, <laughs> and you got yeah, to pay in loonies too. That's the other problem. <laughs> Whole big bag. <laughs> yeah, whole bag of them. Uh, next, um, what's another uh, story to touch upon? Oh, yes, uh, Powerwall 3 possibly coming. Now, this wasn't, of course, mentioned at all in the earnings call, but That's Tesla has been rumored uh, that they are going to be coming out with a Powerwall 3. And if you're like me, you were possibly thinking that maybe this is going to uh, give you maybe some more storage in that uh, in that unit, which are now 13.5, I believe, is the amount yes. that they're at. Um, according to this article, they believe the power amount will remain the same. Uh, they the, don't believe energy. it's going up. The power is going to go up. But the power to yeah. it that it can share is going to boost a little bit. And the it's battery material that's in it, it, uh, it might be L LFP. Um, yes. So they're thinking that that is a, another plus for it. Uh, yeah. That will also lend itself to more longevity. I understand that the current Powerwall 2 is warranted to 70% of its power capacity up to 10 years. Yeah. 
Other LFP batteries that are on the market through other manufacturers, some of them are higher, uh, 15 years. Um, so that might be something that Tesla's looking at as well. So uh, not, not any specifics that came out of this article, but it was interesting saying that they believe that the change is coming soon. It makes sense. It goes with the whole thing yeah. they told us at Investor Day. It's parts commonality, reduction in costs, reduction in, in sales price, reduction in everything. Uh, because remember when Powerwall and Powerpack first came out and then later the original Megapack, they all used the same battery module. It was just a tray of, of, of two Model S packs, basically. Uh, not packs, but uh, two Model S modules. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they were using the same Model S chemistry, but that was not conducive to stationary storage. So then they switched uh, eventually to LFP batteries in the Megapack XL. And, and now that's just coming full circle, put them same cells in uh, in the in the power wall. And, and then you can go back to just using one uh, base unit for all the products. So your supercharger V3 and four can use it, your your, your Megapack can use it, and then your, your power wall can use it. And if they ever bring back a power pack, you just use one section of a, of a Megapack. Right. Yeah. yeah. LFP makes perfect sense in any stationary storage. Uh, weight doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Where the weight doesn't matter and it's uh, less prone to degradation. It's more tolerant to temperature. It can be left it fully charged without Full degradation negative, yeah. problems. So yeah. So uh, yeah. LF, moving to LFP. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just cheaper. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, which is probably because it doesn't have the, um, uh, energy density that's probably why they're not increasing the energy capacity so that it's still something you can actually have someone lift and mount on the wall if you want to do it that way uh, two people two, <laughs> yeah yes yeah don't don't hurt your back yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do they weigh yeah, on the wall. I, what do they weigh uh guys do you know uh, mine was what 300 pounds on the ship yeah day? like that's what i was thinking it's a few hundred pounds so uh yeah. it's definitely something you don't want to lift yourself for sure right it's a team lift um, on the box that's um yeah and don't yeah don't get in a way of it if it's falling like a domino get the hell out of the <laughs> way because uh, it's not going to be pleasant if it hits you but um casey i'm wondering if you can maybe share the photo that we put in our thumbnail today oh yes and uh, uh we can talk about this story next uh which was introduced at the beginning of the week and there was a quick a quick debate that happened when this photo first appeared on the internet and uh, the debate was uh, whether it was real or not. Um, this, this, of course, is the uh, photo that someone has shared. Uh, looks like a, a spy photo that someone has taken of the front uh, of a Model 3 that's been modified. Um, this is looking like the Project Highland is what we're assuming it is. Uh, yeah. You can tell that it's a slightly different uh, look to the front you're definitely got different headlights. Uh, they're a little bit narrower uh, and they don't, they're not quite as bubbly. And There's a little bit of a, a difference to the actual front uh, aerodynamics of the uh, front bumper. And you can't really tell in this photo, but there is another photo that shows that the, um, the uh, uh, blinker light that's attached to the front fender is a little bit more recessed and the, uh, yeah, right there. And it's, uh, there's a line that goes out from it, uh, which are a little into bit deeper into the car to allow the camera to see more or not to be blocked as much. Uh, it's looking like the reason for that. But this looks like it was a no, quick no, you, and dirty you, photo, right? Oh, yeah, you've got different uh, rims as well. 
but uh, this was looks like awesome. someone pushed the uh, cover off. You can see it's right. strapped down. Well, the to wind it. caught it. I don't think the yeah, wind caught wind. this. <laughs> I don't think the wind That's caught this. That's their The wind caught it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But if uh, the wind is that guy's nickname. <laughs> He was bending over to do it, and he had beans for lunch. And whoops, the wind got me. Yeah, if his wind did this, man, you'd be uh, you'd be hard pressed to be still alive after that. It's a lot but, of beans. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh no, I meant like you know, if you're bending down, to, and he's surprised, so he stood up, and then he pulled it up too far. Uh. Another point that would certainly would certainly lend credibility that this is an actual car not a photoshop deal is that the whole front is covered in dead bugs yeah <laughs> so uh that's that's a hell of a detail if this is just photoshopped but uh the car's dirty and it looks like it's being used um yeah. so uh of course the testing of this vehicle would certainly be in play um, another point that came up with uh, another supplier uh they they had the same bumper but it was unpainted and uh, you can kind of see it here. It looks like the, the steering wheel area has a binnacle, like on the Model S and Model X. Oh, what? Really? And and, and the same supplier showed us a picture of the binnacle with the um, the MCU was there, but the glove box was missing, and I think the steering wheel was missing. Uh, but you can kind of see how, how that would play out, and it, it looked like a mini Model S, and I think that's, that's fair at, the, at where these things have gone in price, and what Tesla's been doing with the uh, cost reductions, hmm. like, like cost of manufacturing. I would really be surprised if a binnacle showed up in the Model 3 after all this time. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be shocked, actually, if they were to add a binnacle uh, to the car. Another screen uh, would just be an additional Did cost that, that they've mm -hmm. proven, really, most people are quite happy without it. Yeah. Yeah, but a, a screen, uh, the, the screen for the Model Three. There, you're looking at what uh, a cheap version of what these phones use these days, and they they did save all that money by removing the ultrasonics, yeah, body colored, yeah. and uh, it would also make it so that your most expensive cars stop feeling like. I mean, because even 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 the brand new S and Xs are, are treated like legacy, like mine, uh, because they are different than than the, than the volume car. It's like hmm. this, this thing just came out. You just increased the RAM for the games, and yet you don't have X, Y, Z features because oh, it was hard to figure out where to put the picture. I, I would for for a uh, a push up in sales on certain cars. I would just put the binnacle in the performance car. I was about to say, yeah, you could do it on just performance cars, yeah, and just leave yeah. the others as is, um, yeah. because that would be just another step up. Uh, that people could aspire to the performance vehicle over the regular, the regular car. That would or be certainly my not guess. the base one. Yeah. I, I don't know how that would be uh, if that's a difficulty when it comes to um, software upgrades, uh, over-the-air updates. If some of the fleet uh, has the binnacle, some don't. Uh, obviously, they they're dealing with that that now with the S, the X, the three, and mm. the Y. And now the semi showing up. Uh, I can understand that they're they've got different got streams of software <laughs> that they have to keep separate, and it has to go out to the right cars at the right time. So, well, if you, I, if you I imagine it, they could probably they could probably navigate that. If you, if you design it purposefully and make everything that needs to come up modular, uh, then then you can just push the same software to all the cars, and the car will say, "Hey, I've only got one screen. Let me put things in this this orientation." Or, "Hey, I've got two full screens because I'm a semi. Let me put it this way." 
or yeah. hey, I'm a legacy SNX. Uh, here, let me just half ass it here, and then uh, oh, I'm a new <laughs> SNX. Let me, let me put it here. <laughs> you can't tell that Casey's bitter at all. You just no, can't tell. No, yeah. No. Well, just half ass it, it. He says way back at the beginning of the three, uh, they were there was discussion about a HUD. Yeah, and yep. uh, yeah, even from uh, Tesla, Musk mentioned it on calls, and then uh, that that. that talk all kind of disappeared and actually there there's a couple of aftermarket uh, groups now that that provide that hud um uh that uh a lot well uh, there's a few aftermarket guys that uh, they're producing stuff that looks like uh it really belongs in the car uh really? so there's uh there's a hud that is available now uh, as well as that uh i think it's handshop provides one for the uh, back seat, the back seat screen for the yeah. three and the Y, and it looks like it's made for it. Like right. uh, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to not know that that's not a standard feature. Nice. And and if if this is true and it is done, you know, like this, like either just the performance or the whole whole of them, then I wonder how many of them would actually be able to to pull it off and actually just get the actual feed on an older car, or at least one that didn't ship with it. Yeah. Well, the, I hope this is Project Highland. I'm I'm liking the headlights. Uh, mm -hmm. The bumper, I'd have to see it clean. I think uh, I'd have to see it up front to to really appreciate it. Um, oh. But on, uh, on the bumper, some folks were complaining about the lack of headlights, uh, or not headlights, but um, fog lights. Uh, now that Matrix headlights are legal in the U.S., like they are in the rest of the world. Uh, you can do a fog light without it being in a separate enclosure. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think there is no fog light, Casey, or do you think that little triangle that's lit up in the corner there I in white this was at first? Is but that then when possibly I saw the a fog light? One, yeah, that's because that's where they are now. But when I saw the unpainted one, I was like, "Yeah, there's no fog light on this." Mm. Those are just reflections, I think. I think this is a dude taking a picture. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's our that's our John Wind. Uh yes, Mr. To, Wind uh, right there. <laughs> according to Derek. <laughs> Good morning, Anders. <laughs> exactly. So uh yeah, that's cool. Um glad uh, that someone took a picture, however they got it. Um so, the other so thing that, that the other thing that's different on this car with the cars in the wild is they do cover the back end too. So yeah. I'm not sure what the changes are in the back. You can see this one's plugged in, but yeah, um we were, obviously we can't see the back, but uh, interesting. I'm also curious when when any of this hits the Model Y because typically the Model Y has been getting everything first, even though um, even though it was done and like you would think they would go to the older car and do these things, but they they just started with the Chinese Model Y. Like here, let's put this in there, let's put that in there, and it showed yeah. up eventually in the other factories. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's it's interesting. We'll see as this starts to come out. What when will it be released? We don't know. Uh, we know what we're most what, what will be the switchover? <laughs> Probably something to do with running out of parts in the current one, right? It's, right. Uh, mm -hmm. Tesla tries to time this with what they've got available. They want to get because once a new Model Three is out, nobody wants the older one, or exactly. less people would want the older one. So uh, they want to make sure that they're running out uh, as this uh, starts to go into production. Yeah, and there's also yeah. speculation that hey, maybe this is testing out stuff for the Roadster, but I don't, I don't think so. But when you listen to how Franz talks about the Roadster, it's like, yeah, eventually we can have dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Next story, hey, Mark, you you asked uh, how much the uh, Powerwall weighs, so I looked it up. I have a article called uh, "Everything You Want to Know About Powerwalls," and uh, it is 114 kilograms, or uh, that's about 251 pounds. That makes sense because on my pallet was the gateway and um, and the, the shipping uh, box, so that would be another 50-ish pounds. Yep, because it was the so old. So yeah, gateway. we can expect if they go to LFP, it's going to be a little heavier. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks, Patrick. Next, I uh, want to talk a little bit about Giga Mexico, and a story came out. And of course, we're getting all these stories from Mexican sources. This is not Tesla that's letting us know these little tidbits of information about Giga Mexico. <laughs> Just as uh, when it was coming up to be announcement, we were getting a lot of a lot of information from the Mexican government. And this uh, comes by the same way. Um, we heard about Tesla wanting to beat their build time on their next factory in Mexico. They wanted it to be nine months or less, about two weeks shorter than Shanghai production of the actual plant. Uh, but uh, what this Mexican official has now said is um, Tesla, of course, is going to want to build the mass market car here, uh, four million a year when they're at speed. And therefore, they believe that the construction time is going to take longer because it's going to be a brand new uh, production line that Tesla's not used to, uh, because mm. they want the uh, this new car uh, to, of course, uh, speed of production is going to be the big thing. They may have multiple lines, of course, but uh, they are going to reorganize the line uh, for efficiency. Um, yeah. over even what they've done in Austin, which is their most recent plant. So since they've never done this before, they believe that that's going to push the uh, production of the actual factory out beyond the nine months that was initially announced uh, by, was it, uh, it was Tom Zhu, wasn't it? Who had yes. said that uh, he believed that they would be able to beat Shanghai's record. But it, it makes sense to do it right the first time because what we're looking at here is another Model 3 and then Model Y and then Model 3 China and then Model 3 twin factories uh, <laughs> situation of having to learn how to rebuild the car all over again. And now not only is it just rebuilding the car all over again, it's a whole new car that they have to do at scale at cost. Yeah. So not a big surprise. <clears throat> Actually, the surprise I thought was that they were going to try to build the factory in nine months. But uh, yeah. this is... Uh, this is something that uh, I guess I guess reality may be setting in a little bit more when they start to figure out, OK, here's the design of the car. This is how we're going to have to build it. Uh, they talked about it a little bit uh, in the previous calls about how they are going to modularly design the car differently than what they currently build the three and the Y today. Uh, just giving the ability that if we could build it in modules and pieces and then just assemble it all at the end instead of putting a piece on, lifting something up so the whole piece comes off again, reassembling at the end. All this stuff they're trying to figure out, how do we efficiently build a car and save ourselves 30% of time uh, you know, with cutting out these really unnecessary steps if we could just combine it at the end as opposed to put it together, take it apart partially, put it back together, get it to match, all those kind of things. Plus, if you don't have to paint it because paint is expensive, you don't have to send the doors off to, to La La Land to come back at right. the end of the process. You might still have to take them off just for ergonomics, but they can be right there next to the rest of the kit. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Or just not put on until it's past the time when you would need. Yeah, to, yeah. If there's no paint at all and there's no the colors, then then you yeah, can just put on exactly. any old door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least one that's got the right door panel on the inside. Not, just, not like we have when the Model Three first came out: one white, one black. <laughs> grab it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that's uh, that's fantastic. We've got uh, a little update there. Um, again. No real information from Tesla. This is just coming from a New Mexican official. Uh, and of course, a Mexican official, a politician, all they're interested in is, you know, saying, oh, look, look what we've done here. Look, uh, look at this fantastic yeah, thing we're me. bringing. Oh, and it's going to be better and it's going to be bigger. So take that a little bit with a grain of salt uh, because there may be some uh, ulterior motives uh, about uh about the information that he shares with the press, but uh, and they may be wicked early. Like they were what two months early on the Mexican Gigafactory announcement before yeah. Tesla even acknowledged. Oh yeah, and and yeah. the rumor was that Tesla wasn't even ready to to indicate that tex- that it was going to be Tesla Mexico, but they had officials from Mexico at that uh, at that uh, <laughs> meeting, and they were busy telling anyone that would listen that they got yes. the next Gigafactory. <laughs> so. Uh, and then Elon made that uh, that uh, very uh, unofficial announcement at the start. In between of the show and, and the Q and A. Yeah. Right. Well, we might as well just say it. Yeah, they've already let the cat out of the bag. So. Very good. Very good. Well, I think uh, that about wraps it up this week. Uh, keeping to our about an hour of uh, of show. Um, Let's uh, let's go to shoutouts, uh, Casey. What do you got going this week? Well, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I've got these new uh, Michelin Cross Climate Twos. I'll be testing out for a while yeah. uh, on Sundays over at YouTube.com at Casey Green. You've got a show. Uh, this week's show was kind of fun because it was from the car, and uh, and I was just, just a skosh, just a skosh uh, late at hitting the supercharger. So. Uh, we actually started driving, and uh, and then and then we transitioned from the from the phone looking out the windshield to the uh, to the tablet, and, and just doing the show as best we could. And that was uh, I, I liked it. I hope you guys did. And uh, I might borrow some of that format for the next time around. Maybe not the like in the car, but that's but you know this is the, the, the presentation style. Exactly. What supercharger were you at uh, when so you started we the at, show? Um, I forget the name of it already. In 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 uh, in um, just north of Santee, and uh, it was out of Stuckey's. And the very first time we went there, the uh, the supercharger was closed. Well, oh, the supercharger was open, but the the business was closed, and all the lights were off. It was really mm. quite surreal because all you had was the red Tesla lights and your headlights to to, um, to guide you. But uh, this time for the show, they were open, and we had uh, we had some blizzards from their Dairy Queen in there. And uh, oh yeah. And then on the trip back, they were closed again. But most of the lights, except for the ones directly on the, the, the gas station, were were on, which was nice. And, of course, Casey's got a, a nice PSA for everybody that owns a Tesla. Yeah. Do not use the pull-in spots if you don't have a trailer. Uh, hours to our trip. Because I didn't yeah. want to – um, if, if it was a station that had a pull-in spot, I didn't want to be the guy blocking six parking spots. Um, but as you saw during the live stream, I, I – there was a Honda Odyssey block. What I normally do is I'll block the the non, uh, you know, the, I'll block the fossil spots, and 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 so I've, there was a, a Odyssey blocking me, so I had to block most of the uh, the supercharger. There were only four spots left, uh, other than, than the ones I was taking up, 
and um, it, it wouldn't have had to be that way if if, um, if if either a that site had a pull in and, and b at the, the pull in sites if people would I understand it can be just so easy just kind of coast on in nose first but, uh, one <laughs> you got to constantly rejigger it because the uh, they aren't all put in the same place and not all of them have uh, even the, uh, the 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 parking bumps let alone the the bollards and, and so it's, it's it's more effort and and, and more time consuming on your part because you got to line it up perfectly because the cables are still short and so you got to get out and do it again yeah and also uh, another PSA for superchargers. Um, if you have one pedal driving and it does something you don't expect and if you go to push the pedal and it moves just let go of everything like hold the wheel but let go of all the pedal um or or use your left foot uh to, to bring the car to a stop we uh we watched a uh, uh an elderly individual she um so you know how it always looks like a like a pickup truck has been knocking over the supercharger pedestals. Yeah, it isn't always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so she hit it pretty hard, and the Model Three did come to a stop, but because she didn't change feet, she pushed harder, and Model Three all-wheel drive is powerful. It <laughs> pushed it over some more. Oh, mm -hmm. not good, not good. Yeah. Yeah, that, and this is uh, also why so many stations have the bollards, but this one didn't have bollards. Yeah, that um, stepping on the accelerator when you think your foot is on the brake, and then of course when it starts moving, you press harder, which makes the problem worse. Um, yep. Malcolm Gladwell did a, a really in-depth study about uh, or interview and, and article story um, interviewing when this was happening with Toyota vehicles, and. Um, it's an autonomic response where you literally think that your foot is on the brake. And so what Casey said there, take your feet off of all the pedals, use your left foot, which is the one you normally do not use for the brake, because this is going to help reset your brain and then step on the brake. And uh, yeah, if, if, even if the accelerator is stuck in most cars, pressing the brake all the way down, you can stop. Uh, so yeah, you can negate you can a, do it a in a Tesla go, doo -doo, and it yeah. kills the power and you have to like, then tell it, yes, I'm doing cheetah mode burnout yeah, uh, to get right. it to actually override. And Speaking of superchargers, you just reminded me, um, there was a story this week as well, a video of a person in Florida going to a supercharger that was actually underwater. It was about eight to 10 inches of water. Don't do that. And I mean, they went they in, that. backed up to a spot and charged their car. Oh, and wow. I was going, I was going, do not charge your car if you're standing in 10 inches of water. That's just not like it's I understand not, nothing happened said. to these people because the video they live to show the video. So obviously right. nothing happened. Yeah. But don't do that. Go to right. another supercharger. It's got all the safety features, but it's not worth risking that you could have the catastrophic all the safety features failing. Plus, if it's a right. V3 station, there's now a fan and a radiator in there. So now I mean, I mean, it's not your dime, but like if, if that thing sucks in debris now now there's a chance that when you need it again later now it, it might not have been repaired yet uh it's not like the v2s and the v1s where they were just solid state yeah. they're just if you want check out our twitter feed we've got the video posted uh at the tesla life on twitter and uh, you can check out the video for yourself but i would not uh definitely not <laughs> charge if i had to step out into water like literally the water was up to the rim of the bottom of the door that's how right. much yeah. water like, it's just was... like a puddle, no big deal. But if it's standing yeah. water, I, I, I wouldn't. It's not yeah. 
Yeah. Like I said, it's like at least six different safety features, but again, if they all fail, you're looking at 400 volts, 400 amps. It's toasty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, what do you got going this week? Or have any articles uh, that are coming up for us? Uh, yes, I do. Carswithcords.net. And let's see. Let's uh, give you a little preview of what's uh, what's coming. I still have my uh, big battery on there. And uh, up what's coming. soon will be... Oh, there's not enough EV infrastructure. Oh, is there? Isn't there? We'll find out. Uh, not enough EV infrastructure for towing. So it's going to be a while. But uh, last last week, I promised uh, a report on uh, that one particular spot where the FSD beta has been screwing up, and will the V11 uh, go through there like a champ? No problem. It didn't wow. have any of that uh, breaking. Uh, yeah, the phantom breaking that that version 10 had in that spot. Uh, version 11 had no problem. It is like I don't know why anybody would stop here, and it just went perfectly. Uh, yeah, so it, it, the, the earlier versions fixed that merge problem that I was having. Uh, this version fixed that that phantom breaking problem. Although I was going through a construction zone and it made a couple mistakes. Um, there was one where it turned and they had moved the lanes. And so the lane that it turned into used to be in my direction, but now it was actually oncoming traffic. And uh, so I got over and hit the little thing and said, you were in the wrong lane. And then in that same construction zone later, they had also moved the lanes around and uh, it was in uh, a, a left lane that was supposed to be a, a left turn lane uh, where before that was a straight lane. And so I had to get over one more to what used to be the right turn lane, which was now the straight lane. And the funny thing was, uh, so I corrected the car and then two cars to my left just cut in front of me and did the same mistake that the car was about to do, that the FSD was about to do. So I'm like, oh, okay. It would have been driving like a human. <laughs> uh, okay. And then the third thing in that same construction zone, about half a mile later, this is a big construction zone. I got in the wrong lane because I had taken over. I'm like, I'm not going to let it drive anymore. And then I realized, oh, crap, I'm in the wrong lane because the lanes had shifted again. And uh, I didn't notice it until I was already partway into this turn only lane. And uh, so I was like, okay, so. FSD made a mistake. I made a mistake. I saw two other drivers make a mistake. So I guess it's it's on par. <laughs> nice. I thought that was pretty funny. All right, my ah. usual shout-outs. I am with, you can see it here, the OEVA. You can check us out at oeva.org. And you should also just go look at, uh, is there an EV club in your neighborhood or even a Tesla's owner club? Get involved. This is uh, how you can be an activist. Our, our time is now. If it doesn't happen, it's now or never. Uh, EVs are happening, and uh, there's lots of change going on. Legislation that could be pro or con, and you want to be able to uh, act with other people to get your voice heard by the politicians. And if you're if you're in a group, you you matter more than just some individual. So absolutely. yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Derek, yes, the Jeremy J video is what we're talking about. And uh, with that, I think we will wrap it up tonight. Uh, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up on the video. Uh, press that subscribe button. That helps us out. And through the week, follow us on our Facebook feed, uh, which Patrick uh, puts together for us. Thank you, Patrick. And uh, also our Twitter feed, at The Tesla Life. And uh, we'll get together next week and see what's happening in The Tesla Life. We want to thank Lee Moon. We want to thank Casey for our live presentation. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. 
And you can find Future out free from fossil fuels. Exactly. Oh, he got it in. He got, <laughs> he got it, it in. in. So, so I was, uh, I was gonna mention how, uh, how much data my car had been uploading when I was manually driving the trailer. Uh, there was a day where it uploaded uh, six gigabytes, but I noticed that today it downloaded six gigabytes, and I was just checking in the app. I don't have an update, so I don't know. Did it download a map, or it rarely downloads much. It, it often uploads a, a lot. But we'll uh, have to find out next we'll week. We'll find out soon. Have a great week, everyone. Stay positive. Test negative. <laughs>